0: Praise God. If you don't have the notes, would you raise your hand so we can get you the notes? It'll help you to follow along and study out a little bit later. Uh, for those of you who are joining us online on YouTube or on uh, Facebook Live, welcome. And I've sent out um, the notes to those whom I have email addresses for so you can follow along. Father, thank you for being our father thank you for the living room today of the family thank you for the coin and knee of fellowship for the release of gift and more than anything lord for the release of our measure of love to you like mary of bethany i believe lord that our love moves your heart and i thank you i thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to pour back to you as you've poured out for us. I give you this time. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you to be released, for great joy to be released from you that is our strength. Open our eyes that we may see and move in all the ways you're calling us to in this hour. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, last Sunday uh, before the service, I had a strong impression. I was by myself. I wasn't really even praying very much at the time, but I just had this encounter where I felt like the Lord was putting in front of me this, this impression that I believe was from the Holy Spirit. It was a picture picture. And I knew what I was looking at because back in my younger days, I would watch this show called Let's Make a Deal with Monty Hall. And there were, the th- there were three doors, door number one, door number two, and door number three. And if you can show that up here, this is what I was, I was seeing was uh, these doors. I guess you, um, it's really dark there, but you can, those who've been there, you've seen what, what I'm, how many of you w- watched Let's Make a Deal in the day? Amen. All right, so I saw three doors, and I felt like the Lord was saying in my heart, Glenn, pick a door, pick a door, pick a way in which to position your heart before me in this hour. And I want to say that the story behind the three doors is that uh, that when you were a contestant on this show, you won a prize and then... At the very end of the show, the crescendo of the show was you gave the prize back to, for the opportunity to pick a door. Behind one door was this, was this dud of a prize, you know, like beat-up roller skates and old socks or something. And, but behind the other door, another door, you, there were two contestants they'd pick. You know, there was one door that wasn't ever picked. But if you picked the right door, there was this awesome prize, and so to give you kind of the flavor of it and to show you how old I am and to show you how the cost of living has increased, you're going to get really go, what, when you see the prize. Can you show this uh, video? This lady's name named Opal. She makes me smile. She's going to pick door number three because I'm going to talk in a minute about picking door number three. So, as that's going, go ahead and show that for us. It is. $2,349. That's,
1: that's not Opal. Opal, so there's Opal. Mrs. Crockett. Congratulations to you. There's and Opal. now Opal says, hurry up. We can't go any faster than this, Opal. But you want, what door did you take? Number three, wasn't it? Three. Let's take a look and see what we have for you. You traded away about $1,700 worth, and you've got some rice.
0: She's not real thrilled at the rice.
1: At the the big flavor site. She's like, exactly. rice. Nice. Rice Araldi, the San Francisco treat. Here's another Come treat on, that will delight your whole family. A brand new fire.
0: Opal's excited. Opal's excited. She's still going up and down steps. Check out the price of this car.
1: Buy at a happy price. That's a
0: hot car. A that's a car. Kevin Hoole car. $2,752.86, but we're adding air conditioning,
1: tax license, to, to make the total value of your car
0: 4361
1: Come 16. on! Total
0: value of your deal, $4,386.16. Well, well, Thank well, you, Lord, Lord. All right, you yeah. can put it back. you. Was behind door number one the- Lord, just release your grace on every car dealership this afternoon. Give them revelation. <laughs> <laughs> 1973 was when that was. And so, um, in my uh, impression, were three doors, and I saw three doors, and it was like the. It was like the number twenty twenty was over each of the three doors, and so, in immediately, I had the impression of three different chapter and verses in the Bible. Of actually, I two of them I knew already: Acts twenty twenty and Second Chronicles. Actually, James four three is not the anyway. Acts. I'll just I'll just look at you all here. <laughs> Acts twenty twenty. Second, Chronicles 2020, but I knew I saw three doors with the 2020 above them, and so I began to think, well, what other chapters in the Bible, whatever books have 20, 20 chapters in them? So I went to Isaiah, there wasn't a 20th verse, went to um, Revelation, there was a chapter 20, but there wasn't a 20th verse. And then I thought, "Hmm, Matthew 2020." And so there were three doors with three verses Acts 2020, Matthew 2020, and 2 Chronicles 2020. And I knew what was, what was happening there was I was to choose what it said in that verse, and I was to go for it and go with it. Now, Acts 2020 is a timeless verse, it's a great charge for the church. It is talking about, talking with, Paul says, I didn't hold back publicly and house to house to teach you the word and minister. So the church is supposed to meet corporately uh, and house to house throughout the 2,000 plus years of the church. But I didn't feel like that was the door to pick because it didn't have the sense of urgency that I'm feeling and believing I'm to take in this hour, in the post-election day season that we're in. Notice I said election day, not post election. All right. So Acts 2020, 20, I was like good verse. Now Matthew 2020, 20, not such a, a a awesome verse. It was a door related to asking God for things that are not sanctioned by the Holy Spirit. It's about coming to God On the basis of wrong motive or even selfish motive. It's it's the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus asking something from him, and she was basically asking if her two sons could sit closest to Jesus in the eternal kingdom. James 3 talks about this, says you ask amiss, you don't you ask and don't receive, because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. So, you'll be happy to know I didn't choose that one, but that's a legitimate choice. Lord, bless me, you know, Lord. But that wasn't the position. The third one had great weight on it, and I knew I was to choose 2 Chronicles 2020. And I can say our leadership here has chosen 2 Chronicles 2020. Down at the bottom, it says, Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you will prosper. Believe what God is saying through the prophetic voices in this hour. In a year like 2020, the safest place to be is to believe the prophets and believe in the Lord. There is a serious hour right now. I know that's why Acts 2020 was great, but I didn't pick that because it's not business as usual right now. Yes, we need to meet together and fellowship together, but we are at war in our nation right now. We're at war not against people, but against spiritual forces of wickedness that want to destroy our current way of life. They want to destroy Israel. They want to destroy family values. They want to destroy the lives of the unborn. They want to proliferate immorality and opioid abuse and human trafficking. I'm talking about forces of wickedness through trying to institute policies of lax border control, allowing opioids to flow over the borders. So it's, time, it's, it's a time for war. It's a time for war. And First 1 Timothy 1.18 says, By prophecies you may wage a good warfare. And so believing in the prophetic voices in this hour, I'm believing is giving all of us courage and strength from the Lord in this hour. Because what really happens when you, we believe prophecies, and by them we wage a good for warfare, is we see the bigness of God through that, those prophecies. And we see the sovereignty of God that when God makes up his mind and he speaks through prophetic voices, that God is going to have his way. And he's looking for a people to agree with who he is and his sovereign desires and choices and say, Lord, no media, no big tech, no all these other things man can try to do is going to block almighty, sovereign God who has made up his mind and he's calling us to make up our minds to go to pick the door pick door number 3 that has more than ricearoni it's got a call it's got a big prize the prize of prospering not just me but our nation and so i believe that that's why by prophecy we can wage a good warfare because we see the hand of god and how God has, is making it, has made up his mind, and we're agreeing with that. It, it gives us courage. Roman numeral 2. I'll, b- I'll back up and say this. Psalm 2, 4. The God who sits above the heavens, he sees man raging against him and against Jesus, against Israel, against the Lord's anointed, against the word of God. Psalm 2 talks about throwing off the cords that bind us, the cords of God's word that try to limit us. And the Lord who sits in the heavens laughs. It's like picture a little little, little one-foot-tall human being going, God, and you know, this 30-foot giant going, I'm going to stop you, I'm going to stop you. And the Lord's like, okay, little guy, calm down. That's how it is. In fact, being in Jerusalem a few years ago, it's pretty hilarious, actually, when you see the east gate of Jerusalem and the the Muslims have have cemented it off. There's concrete blocks. And because they think putting concrete blocks in these doors is going to keep Jesus, the Messiah, from coming back through the east gate like he's prophesied to come. The Lord's like... "Uh." Oh, you put concrete in the door. Oh. That's the stance the Lord wants us to take. It's Almighty God laughs. And I believe we can tap into his laughter. I believe we can have joy and not be forlorn, dejected. Oh, the media saying this. No, the Lord's laughing. Because he will have his way. In the face of media outlets declaring who already won the election, I'm believing prophetic voices like Dutch sheets who said it's not over. So many trusted and seasoned prophetic voices have said that our president will be reelected to a second term. Now, yes, everyone online, just stay with me, okay? Yeah. I hear the, I see the fingers ready to turn off and cut off the feed. No, it's okay. We'll be all right. So I said, Lord, it's okay. I'm choosing door number three, Second Chronicles 2020. It's your heart, I believe, for this president to continue four more years. Paragraph A. I do have a confession to make after. pretty much 41 years of ministry. The people whom I have served over those years, I have not gotten very political. I've basically taken the high road, been above the fray and said, vote, vote, everybody, but vote your political, vote according to biblical values. Vote for family values And though I would kind of hint at which party or which race I wanted them to vote in, I still kind of just left it up to just kind of these general things. Because, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm not trying to be a politician. And there's all that kind of thing. But this year's been different. This year has been different. Instead of being above the fray, I believe with all my heart, the Lord said, get in the fray. Because there's too much at stake. I've had to conclude there's too much hanging in the balance. I've had to conclude. I, I, you know, I, like I said, I would hint at which party would be better. But this year I saw such blatant, unbiblical, anti-Christian rhetoric. I saw such oppressive, liberty-stripping actions by mayors, by governors, by congressmen and candidates, from the media and big tech like Twitter and Facebook that, that delete posts or that put all these warnings because they somehow are determining what the truth is. Thank you for cheering me. I love that. Thank you a few more. You know, I love. I know y'all are with me. I know to whom I'm among. It's it's. I saw it, I see it, and, um, you know, then, then even a presidential press conference, they cut away because, oh, we can't let people hear the president. I had to conclude that there is one side that's clearly being influenced by evil and one that stands up, for the most part, for godly principles, individual liberties, Protection of the unborn. Evil. You know, witchcraft isn't just the whole, your pictures of someone with a broomstick and a pointed hat and all of that, you know, with frogs doing spells or something. Witchcraft, in its essence, is manipulation, manipulation, or intimidation, if you can't manipulate and trick someone to choose the wrong way, you intimidate. I'm going to cancel you. No, this, this, this. There, there's, manipulation is witchcraft. Intimidation is witchcraft. Witchcraft is trying to get people to do things by another spirit than the Holy Spirit. Witchcraft is trying to get people to do things by another spirit than the Holy Spirit. So you manipulate. You seduce. If you can't manipulate, then you put out the fist and you say, you better. And the eventual result of witchcraft is domination. Manipulation, intimidation, which leads to eventual domination. And that's why we're in a spiritual battle in this nation. We got to get in the fray because the lives of the unborn are at stake. Fifth grade boys and girls, their future of finding true love is at stake because teachers in the public schools are potentially going to start telling fifth grade boys and girls, God the creator made a mistake when he made you male and female. And so then they're not going to find their true love. They're going to miss out on that amazing right to fall in love. That's worth fighting for. Yes. I decided what to do this time because there's too much at stake. I decided to get to use a gymnastics analogy. For the last 41 years, to get off the balance beam. Can you show that picture? Yeah. To get off the balance beam, which pastors, and I'm, as a pastor, I'll just say, and and just Christians, we try to balance it out, but we're like, okay, you know, it doesn't really matter who wins. It's going to be, you know, and now, now, ultimately, yes, God's going to have his way and all the, but I'm not even going to qualify that anymore. We get off. The balance beam and onto the floor exercise. That's Simone Biles on uh, the floor, the floor exercise. I think you can show. I don't know if you're gonna, if that's her or not. I don't know. But uh, but when you, she's a famous gymnast in the Olympics. When you get off the balance beam, then you can be free to sing, to move around in the spirit, to to declare. There's a right and a wrong. There's a spiritual force for us to fight against, and and so I have been convicted. It's my confession that there's too much at stake. I'm choosing door number three, Second Chronicles, twenty twenty, and I hope by God's grace, on you know, on a floor exercise when they go to the corner they stick the landing. You know, I'm not going to try to do it, but I want to. I want the church to stick the landing which is that God will have his way in our nation and keep America great like it originally was intended to be when it was founded in 1776, the Declaration of Independence. And I believe we can. Roman numeral three, I'm choosing to believe the prophets. I'm going to show uh, two prophetic words from a younger prophet, prophetic voice named Chris Reed. Uh, I've got them edited ready. It's not going to be too long, but I won't, he, he, he's going to share. He was on Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. He's been vetted. I vetted him looking around at things. And Rick Joyner, if you know Rick Joyner, Star Ministries, had Chris speak Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night just two weeks ago. And on the third night... Of the co- so if Rick Joyner's gonna have him speak each night at an advanced prophetic conference, that's pretty Rick's been around. Okay. Bob Jones, Rick Joyner, that whole that whole swirl. So Chris Reed was there on, on the last night. Chris Reed shared the vision that I'm about to share with you. And it was so important, Rick Joyner said, This this guy, Chris Reed, is so up there prophetically that he can he just regularly, it's on, his, it's on his website, he can just go around the room and get, you know, he gets word of knowledge, just very prolific. And in some cases, he even gets, the Lord shows him what that person dreamed the night before and tells them what they dreamed and then interprets the dream. Okay, so he's still younger, so the, the idea that Sid Roth has embraced him and Rick Joyner, I was like, okay, Lord, I don't want th- to throw stuff at you all that's not vetted, okay? So it's my heart to see. So this is, this is one of those door number threes, let's believe this prophetic voice. If you can go ahead and show that first one. This was back in August of 2020. Your notes have exactly what he heard, so you can study those out later or look at it.
1: Thank you so I, I got I wrote this down. Pennsylvania, the nation is looking to you. This afternoon on August the 20th, I had a powerful vision, an open vision, that is very significant and consequential to the United States and the upcoming presidential election. In the vision, I saw a large map of the United States, and I saw a person standing on each particular state on all 50 states, and they were looking at me in the vision, and then I saw a calendar, and as each page flipped representing the different months, August turned over, then September, then uh, October, and suddenly I saw the month of November 2020. I suddenly saw each person standing on the map on each particular state that were looking at me. They then turned their whole face and their whole body and looked at the state of Pennsylvania. It was almost like they turned robotically at the same time. It was as if the whole nation and every state was looking at the state of Pennsylvania. The state, of course, that contains Philadelphia which represents so much of the history and the founding of our nation. Philadelphia, of course, was the first, uh, the site of the first and second Continental Congresses in 1774 and 1775, the latter of which produced the Declaration of Independence, sparking the American Revolution. I then saw a representation in Pennsylvania of our first president, President George Washington. And I then saw President Donald Trump come up and stand beside him and George Washington put his arm around President Trump and spoke these words to him.
0: I have these in your
1: notes. You are leading the second revolution to free America from the grips of socialism. And the whole nation is looking to Pennsylvania once again to declare independence from the growing influence of socialism, radical ideology, and an antichrist agenda to restore it back to its founding and to truly keep America great. And from that, I said, I believe there is a spiritual warfare surrounding the state of Pennsylvania in regards to the 2020 presidential election, and it will be a state, and it has proven to be a state of great consequence.
0: Course, but you had a, you had a supernatural okay okay that's great right there get- so he so he then talks to a, Sid Roth is talking to him a little bit about this was back in August August 20th okay so months ago saying look all the states someone on each state was like whoosh, look at Pennsylvania and we'll see in a little bit what that what that's really talking about because as of last Wednesday so here we are, five days ago, is when Chris Reed got a part two to this, that again, you see the context, we're going to believe the prophecy so we can wage a good warfare. We've got the winter sets, we've got all these things, where these are action steps, so let's go ahead, if you could, Sloan, you'd, thank you so much, Sloan, if you could show this next one, this was last Wednesday. I've got what he said in this vision too. This one's my wife and
1: kids were at a homeschool public event and I went to the Lord in prayer and I began to petition the Lord. I said, God, it is now six days since the election and I, we need clarity on this. I know that there are people that are coming forward and I believe them about the clarity, but you know, I'm really needing to know from you what is happening here. What is going on? And Sid, I am telling you, I had one of the most real, incredible experiences, uh, open visionary experiences. And I'm, I the hair standing on the back of my neck right now telling you about this. I, I feel yeah. it. <laughs> Where, I, I mean, it just shocked me. And I told my wife, and, and then I let you know, because you had, you and I had talked about if I got anything from the Lord, you wanted me to to call you. And so I've been in prayer in my bedroom and I've been praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, petitioning the Lord for clarity, not so that I could say, Oh, I got the word, but I just really feel like the church needs some direction. People are getting wore out by this, you know, as this goes on this new kind of election where we've did the mail-in votes and it's just a mess. And so in prayer after about an hour or so, I went into an open vision, and what was incredible about it is I actually knew when this was happening, I was in a vision. I even said within myself, I am in a vision. And I heard so so the first thing that I saw is I saw these steps coming downhill. And the first the first thing that I saw in the vision was I saw a a white robe and feet. And they were bare feet, but they were bright. I mean, just shining golden, brass, bright, emanating, beaming, and then the white robe was just incredibly white, and he was walking down these steps, and I just saw one foot step down, step down as as he was coming down, and I heard the voice, the, the booming voice of the Lord. The best way I can describe it is a voice, it sounds like a combination of a trombone and thunder. That's the best way that I can describe this. But the Lord spoke to me just as clear as I am talking to you right now. And he said these words, and I wrote them down. As I said to you before, so say I again. Watch Pennsylvania, particularly Philadelphia. And what I said to the church of Philadelphia in the book of Revelation, so say I to my church in this season about the city of Philadelphia and the nation in the days ahead. And so instantly I got up and I mean, I just felt a holy fear, a holy terror reverence. I just knew I had come out of a supernatural experience and I got up and I instantly opened my Bible. And as I read in the book of Revelation chapter three, starting at verse seven, I read Jesus's message to the church, one of the seven churches in, in Asia Minor, the church of Philadelphia, and the prophetic parallel that the Lord was giving to me, he, as he was speaking in the word to the church of Philadelphia, was pertinent to the city of Philadelphia in, these, uh, in the 2020 election, and so it was building off of the word I'd got in August, and so just quickly, I want to share with you. And as, like I said, as I was reading this, it was like it came alive, Sid, and jumped off the page at me. Well, after and, I spoke with you, I read it, and the same thing happened to me. This is a now, now word. This, a rhema word, I put for this sure. in your notes this is so you don't have to worry it. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. And I'll show you as we read through the verses what the Lord showed to me. Revelation three and seven to the church and into the angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one's opens that leapt off the page at me. And instantly I thought, you know, today's November the 11th, 2020. Well, Isaiah 22 22 talks about this key of David that Jesus says to the church of Philadelphia. He has now, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of nuggets about what this key of David is, but at the bare root of what this means If you go to 1 Kings chapter 1, you have the story where David is very old. He's near death. His body is not retaining heat. They bring in a young maiden to lie by him to help him to keep bodily heat. And David's uh, son, Adonijah, okay, goes out, proclaims himself without David's blessing, Proclaims himself to be king. He 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 gathers the the city people, so the townspeople, right the elders of the city, and they start going out and publishing that that Adonijah is king. Well, it's interesting because two people come to David in his elderly state. It was Bathsheba, which was of course the king's bride, and then Nathan the prophet. So here you see this supernatural, divine connection coming about between King David and the bride of the king and the prophet of the king. And they confront David about Adonijah's claim and it being broadcast that he's the new king. And David, and I'm paraphrasing, but David says that he swore by the living God that Adonijah would not be king, but that Solomon would be king. And of course, we know that ultimately... Uh, the prophet anointed uh, Solomon and he became king. So the key of David was that David had the authority despite what the, what Adonijah was saying. Despite the whole city proclaiming him to be king, David said, I don't care what everybody else is saying. I don't care what Adonijah is saying. I am the kingmaker. And David was the one who used the key of David to declare that the, the true king, despite the media reports, Solomon would be king. And of course, he did become king. And so Jesus is now in the New Testament telling the church of Philadelphia, he who has the key of David, remembering what that means, Jesus is the one who brings up kings, sets down kings, and he's telling the church in Philadelphia, I've opened a door that no one can shut, and no one can open. And the door was opened that no one can shut in Philadelphia. And the prophetic parallel to that, Sid, is that there is a door. It's obvious right now. (laughs) Here we go. The door that is being opened. The door opened. To the exposure of mass voter fraud and corruption that we will see across the United States. But even I believe there'll be evidence of uh, voter fraud prior to the 2020 election and the door to that being opened is in Philadelphia and Jesus who has the key of David who determines who the true ruler or king is is the one who's opened the door now if I can't okay let's all
0: let's all stand up if you would and I want us to just to thank God and receive this in our spirit right now just open your hands to the Lord. Lord, we thank you for fresh faith. We thank you for your word. Lord, I don't believe that was just a personal thing of pick, pick this door. Lord, we choose to position our hearts to believe what the prophets are saying in this hour. Lord, that America can profit through the prophets. Lord, we want the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help us, God, over our nation. You open the door that no one can shut. I just, let's just clap to the Lord if you feel led to. Lord, we thank you that you are not silent. You are not on mute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this company of believers. We believe. We believe. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, if you can be seated just a little. We're almost done. I'm a little little long here. Rachel, if you can start coming up. Um, There are three phases, and the team, there are three phases of, of a prophetic word. Three stages. There is the revelation. We just saw it. saw what is God saying. There's the interpretation. What does it mean? And then there's the application, what do I do about it, if anything? Chris Reed gave the revelation and gave much of the interpretation what it means, what it meant. The bride of the king, Bathsheba, was coming to to King David, like coming to Jesus, the bride of Christ, coming to Jesus saying, what do you think about all this that's going on? Adonijah's out there, the media is out there uh, proclaiming, Adonijah is the new king. Long live King Adonijah. What do you say about it? And the prophet Nathan is representing that prophetic voice. And they're coming together. And King David, like King Jesus says, I have the key. I am sovereign. I am the king. And, And get this, hold on because I'm stepping down those steps with my bare feet full of glory and light on the bottom of that robe. I'm stepping into this nation in this hour. Revelation, interpretation, and then the application. The application. What's the application? I have three things. Believe, receive, and act. We believe. You know, well, Glenn, I don't know if I'm 100% believing. Well, you know, I love the guy in the Bible. I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe even being around each other today, if you were at an 80% believing, it went up to 85, maybe 86, 87. Believe, receive. You see, what Jesus was offering them was three things. In, in Revelation 3, 7, Philadelphia, the par- parallel with the church of Philadelphia, with the city of Philadelphia, what he's offering the church is three things. He's offering a door. He's offering divine strength. And he's offering faithfulness. He's saying, I present to you a door. Then he says, you, you have a little strength. And then he says, but you've held fast to my word. So he's offering us opportunity, which is the door of hope. He's offering us divine strength. Like I said, if you've got 80%, believing, it, it'll get, it'll get more. In fact, the, the Greek word there in Revelation 3, I'm, I'll be done here in just a second. But when he says, Jesus says to the church of Philadelphia, so he's speaking today, church, you have a little strength. He's not saying you're weak. Get this. He's saying, church, you have just enough strength to know you need divine strength. You're just enough strength to say, oh, Lord, I'm opening the door for you to come and strengthen me in my faith. Last week I did the LEEs or hold the sword, give us strength. You know, we've talked about this the last number of weeks. Let's leave it all on the field. Let's pray. Let's fast. You know where we are right now? We're in overtime. We left it on the field, and now, and I've been in a few overtimes in football. Okay, not yeah, I'm not yeah, long ago. (laughs) Leather helmets. (laughs) By the way, happy happy marriage, man. Thank you. The bride. Us to step into His strength. You have just enough to say, "I need, I need Your strength." But He says, "If you hold on, don't deny." He goes on. He talks about not. Um, he says, "You've kept. You, you've kept the strength. You've not denied My word." Right now, there are a lot of believers who are being tempted to deny what's going on. And so the Lord's giving us strength. The third is he's giving us the gift of faithfulness. For you have a little strength. You've kept my word. You've been faithful and not denied my name. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I want us to end today with the joy of the Lord. Sing some and pray. I'm going to ask Suzanne if she would come in. Um, she, can you? someone go get Suzanne? She's been, we're going to go out with a shout, okay? We're going to go out with the joy of the Lord, because the the joy of the Lord's our strength. And I wish we had more time for an extended prayer meeting here, but come on Wednesday and worship an hour. Come on Thursday and pray in tongues an hour. Come on Friday and uh, warfare for an hour. Tomorrow night, we're having two prayer meetings here at 6.30. We're praying for unreached people groups, Emily Dodd. And at six o'clock, we'll be in another room joining Dutch Sheets. He's having a live feed of a live prayer meeting uh, from out the headwaters of the Allegheny to pray for what we're doing here. So, uh, you know, it's war. It's time for war against the heavenly forces of darkness, the spiritual forces of wickedness. Yeah.
1: Just a quick thing on the prayer sets uh, starting this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as the Lord spoke super clearly to me that this is a Valley Forge season a Valley Forge season that if we don't quit, we win. If we don't quit, we win. So if it's Wednesday, you're waking up, you're like, oh, should I go to that? Just remember our forefathers, our founding fathers, that they did not quit in the darkest, coldest, most bleak, hopeless winter in Valley Forge, and they won. So this is a Valley Forge season, and it's real in the spirit. And so just remember that they didn't quit and they won. So come on.
0: how I see it. I'd like everybody to stand right now. I want us to step into joy and release some strength and have Suzanne then then pray. Um, Suzanne's been asked over the last number of months to, to lead prayer at rallies. She led prayer at the Capitol yesterday and uh, she's like, honey, I didn't have any fear at all. There were all these people and I just like stepped right in. So, you know, my, part of my job is to get, amen, is to get the... Uh, the electrician laying the wire, the plumber laying the pipe, so I'm, I'm going to hand this off to her, but I'm, I'm believing as we, even right now, as Rachel, if you'll get ready to go, Lord, we thank you for joy that comes from the God who sits above the circle of the earth who laughs, from the Jesus, you Jesus, who has the key, you have the authority to open that door, to expose corruption to expose fraud that no man can shut. No human force or agency can shut it. And you are our fountain of joy. So I thank you, Lord. May we all, by God's grace, just like Kyle prayed, all the spirits of infirmity leave. May all unbelief and weakness leave. May we be filled up with divine strength even now. Let's sing to the Lord.